This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Steeler Nation. This is Chad Brown, and you are listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G. Stryker. With me are both of our in-house draft experts and writers for Steeler Nation, Matt Papiernik and Ben McCallion. Matt and Ben, how are you doing today, gentlemen? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, great to be here, Stryker. Nice, nice. I know Matt's been a been on a few of these in the past. He's also been on a lot of our fantasy football um, podcasts as well, being one of our fantasy football gurus, but also one of our draft insight gurus as well ben being newer to the team but doing an excellent job and kicking some butt on the draft aspects so steeler nation this is your time to ask some fun draft questions do it across all of our platforms tonight obviously on youtube twitter and facebook because we are simulcasting across all three phases having some fun and i want to introduce everyone to the new an improved draft or uh, podcast room for SteelerNation.com. My daughter and I got to decorate the new room, and I'm just going to show you quickly. We have the longest run in Super Bowl history right here with Fast Charlie Parker, and the longest play in Super Bowl history with uh, James Harrison up there and the uh, over my other shoulder. So, kind of making this more of a fun thing. I finally got the my old work stuff out of the office, and I'm more kind of making it a more Steelers theme thing, much like Ben's room. Great shot there as well, Ben. I love your setup as well. And I love yours as well, Matt. I love the white wall. It's nice and clean. <laughs> so guys, obviously moving into this week, we've got a couple of moves that have just gone on here recently. Uh, we just signed offensive lineman Joe Haig to a two-year contract, signed Miles Killebrew, the cornerback. And Cassius Marsh has been welcomed back as an outside linebacker, probably looking to get a little bit more snaps, was getting some elevated snaps there at the end of the year and looked like at the time he was starting to pass Ola Iadeni for on the depth chart uh, when we were approaching the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was insane. I mean, obviously we know that depth is at this point crucial. And a guy who's already been in the locker room, I mean, yeah, of course you're going to grab him, especially on a one-year deal. Yeah. And he's a bruiser. He's a motor. He's a motor. So even if he doesn't start, he still has that depth that we all need. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's always key to have that vet veteran presence, especially leading into the draft. You don't know who's going to be there. So having someone that you can bring in that's familiar with the system and everything, it's, you know, it comes in clutch. As you saw, he got playing time at the end of the year. So they clearly trust him enough to reward him a little bit here. And, and definitely. And I am very also happy about the Steelers – They've offered the exclusive rights free agents tender to Robert Spillane a few weeks ago. Finally, Robert's been traveling, everything else, but he got around to signing it yesterday, and he is officially signed on that one-year 
exclusive rights free agent contract with the Pittsburgh Steeler. Usually it's generally it's around league minimum or not far above it. So, but what a great plug and play, which looks like now he is probably slotted as the starter next to Bush. So now it looks like to me, we are getting two very athletic playmaking linebackers here at the inside linebackers position to be able to come in and play together. Cause I mean, I love Vince Williams. I mean, he was one of my guys, one of the best a gap blitzers on the planet, but I don't think he has the athleticism that a Robert Spillane offers. And how do you guys, I'm going to start with you, Matt. How do you see that looking out? Yes. When it came to Spillane, he was just, he was great in pass coverage. You know, he offered speed that a lot of linebackers don't have. I mean, Bush had it, but then when Bush went out with injury, Spillane coming back and being able to just plug in and didn't really lose much speed on that defense. Yeah. So that was a big get. So having him and Bush both being able to go sideline to sideline faster than pretty much any linebacker duo in the league. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a big plus, especially with a lot of teams going outside zones, quick screens outside, you know, it's, yes. it's, a, it's a big plus to have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And even, I mean, at least as a Pittsburgher here, I think Spillane is what everyone envisions as a true like Steelers linebacker. I mean, if you can think back, even like in college, he was a, a bruising hitter. He was a punisher. And a lot of people, I don't know if they remember, I certainly do, his first play, as soon as the Bush injury went out, he was plugged in during the Browns game. He hit Austin Hooper hard on a tight mm-hmm. end screen in the back. And that's when I knew it was like, all right, we have some depth. Everything is going to be okay. And then, of course, we all know what happened, you know, with you know him and Henry at the goal line. That's another one. Um, I have no concerns with Spillane whatsoever. I'm glad that we were, were able to hold on to him. And one thing I, I want to get your opinions on as well is the Steven Nelson situation, because my Lord, did that escalate fast. Steelers gave him the ability to be able to go out and allow him to look for a trade. And then all of a sudden yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before? My gosh, my, my, my brain is w- working in, incorrectly this week, but it's either- It was this week. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was two days ago. I think it was Tuesday, yeah. Um, he's all of a sudden jumps up on Twitter and he's like, I don't normally do this, but stop shackling me and let me live my life, essentially. Uh, I don't know how we're shackling him, essentially, by saying, hey, look for a trade. It's up to you, but buddy. Why don't you go look for a trade and not hold it against the Steelers for allowing you to look for a trade? Uh, but the Steelers just said, okay, we're just going to cut bait, which I hate. I, this is, this is, I go nuts when the Steelers have a player under contract and they let them go for no reason and get no value for him. Blunt was, Blunt's probably my least favorite move during the season under Tomlin. That drove me nuts because we didn't have any line, any, any running back depth behind Bell. Bell ended up getting hurt down the stretch and Blunt like rips off like a 200 yard game for the Patriots. As soon as we get him to go, he goes to the Patriots and wins a Super Bowl. So like that drove me nuts. And I think that was a key move for the, the Patriots to even be able to win a Super Bowl that year. Um, but coming off for this one, like I'm not as mad about AB because at least we got two draft picks for them. They ended up becoming Deontay Johnson and Zach Gentry in that draft. We got some value. It's, it's not what essentially you'd want a first or second rounder, but at least we got some value for him. But letting Nelson go before the draft, like I, I'd at least want the Steelers to hang on to the guy, be like, we'll see how the draft's working out. We can see if we can move you on draft day for somebody. But 
for them to just be like, whatever, go. Um, I, I don't understand that aspect of it, but I want to get your opinions as well. And Ben, this time I'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really weird at how that all kind of came about. I mean, it was all, at least, at least for me, it was all pretty random. Obviously there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And I think it was one of those where like the other NFL teams called the Steelers bluff and like Nelson, obviously he thinks that he's a, a top notch corner, which he is, he, yeah. he wasn't our number one. I think he even was, but that's, he's that's the over there. underrated value. It definitely for second corner, he's definitely up there too. I agree with you about Ben. Right. Yeah. And I think that the price tag that he thought he was worth, they weren't getting, and it was just kind of a stalemate and other NFL teams knew that obviously there was something going on that we don't know. And if they just kind of wait it out, then he's going to be a free agent and it's going to be a, a zero price like a roar or anything like that. So, I mean, yeah, it, it obviously sucks to cut that weight, but I mean, I'm a, I'm a bright side kind of guy. I mean, yeah. there's still that cap space that we need for this year that was made available through that. Now we don't know how that's going to lead, but I see that as being the bright side. Right. Matt. Yeah. It's uh, it, like, like Ben said, it kind of surprised everyone. So yeah. I think it ultimately came down to the Steelers kind of figured, you know, they needed more cap space. They needed it somewhere. Um, and I think they ultimately somewhat forced themselves into a corner where they had to decide between Hayden or Nelson and kind of said, you know, Hayden's older he you know Nelson might even be the better cover guy but Hayden's presence in the locker room and everything he does on the field and the leader he is you know they decided to hold on to him and I think out of respect for Nelson they said hey you know let's we would try and trade you but um let's see where you can get a deal with this way you can be happy too so it was almost like a respectful move to him yeah and then that is one thing I hate seeing the Steelers release players and not get anything for them when they definitely could get some something for some of them. But I think it's almost out of sometimes respect for the player where, you know, we'll let you go where you want to go. We don't want to send you to a situation that was bad for you either. Yeah. So while it may not always be the best business. Sometimes it's the best for relationships and, you know, personnel around the league, but, you know, it doesn't always help them in terms of, uh, the quality of the roster long-term and stuff like that. But that yeah. Steelers are a high-class organization. When they release players, they tend to, um, if they realize early enough, they release them even before the start of free agency. Yes. This way, you know, they can yeah. sign a little earlier, you know, not have to deal with that. And they always release them before the draft. Yeah. Almost always. So this way they don't have to compete with draft picks and go to second. So it's an odd situation, but, you know, it was great seeing having Steven Nelson. It was great having a finally a good secondary, but you know, having Sutton there to replace him and um, having some other guys who the Steelers appear to have some faith in and Pierre and Lane behind them, you know, that I think they're still an okay situation. They definitely need to add to that group, whether it be free agency or uh, middle to high draft pick. But um, it was nice having Nelson and Hayden do it while it lasted. Yeah. And I was happy with the re-signs essentially through free agency. Getting Zach Banner back is huge. I love Zach Banner. Huge uh, friend of the show. Been on multiple podcasts. And uh, and he, he deserved to be re-signed with how hard he worked to earn that right tackle starting job last year. I think he's going to be even more determined this season. He's a, a high-value guy for a low-value pocketbook move. And it was so fantastic to be able to get him back. Also, like we alluded to, uh, Chris Wormley returning is big. Um, got a little bit of the injury bug last year. Didn't get to work in as much, but 
you could see that the ability was there. And I think he's going to be a much, a much more needed veteran presence for backing up to it. And Hayward coming in off the defensive ends. Um, and then also Juju Smith-Schuster was the biggest surprise that, you know, our girls at Yinsers were all about saying, Hey, we're going to be getting Juju back. We're going to be getting Juju back. Morgan and Sam talking to him all the time on social media. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. And then we start reading like the deals, like Kansas city Super Bowl in the Super Bowl, last two Super Bowls, uh, the Ravens throwing him money, the money that's more, than ours, we offered him a flat eight million. I believe they were nine million with incentives, three, four million incentives, no matter how you're looking. But he said, "Look, you know, I'm Litzburg. I want to stay in town. Looks like he's on a one-year deal to possibly get to this open cap in the Steelers. If he has a good year, I can fully see the Steelers really hammering down and making him a big offer." And the last person I just wanted to discuss too, which we alluded to about that cornerback situation, was. Cam Sutton being re-signed was a huge move as well. But the thing now that happened with Nelson moving is now I see that as like Cam Sutton was signed to be our slot corner and starting slot corner, depth at the outside, coming in the safety positions. Now it looks like he might be our starting outside guy. And now we might need a slot corner. And that might be a draft thing now. So a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, at least with the returning players coming back to the Steelers. Want to get your input on that. And Matt, let's start off with you. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of returning players. I'm glad the Steelers were able to retain a lot of them. Um, Sutton and Banner are two of my favorite players. I've always been advocates for them. Sutton has pretty much played everywhere on that defense. And I think he fits better outside than in the spot anyways. Um, He wasn't quite uh, as aggressive and always as, uh, I don't want to say physical because he was a physical player, but he wasn't quite that attacking player that someone like a Mike Hilton was. Um, just because Mike fit that role perfectly. And I think he plays well outside, can almost be that Joe Hayden physical where he doesn't have to necessarily just run full speed at everyone like Mike did. Yeah. Uh, I think outside fits him well. And then I was actually surprised by the money they gave the banner. Um, yeah. I thought it was, he got a solid contract. I figured, you know, last year he was kind of on a, like a one-year prove deal almost. Mm-hmm. And this year I thought he was going to have to settle for another one again, you know, one year, maybe a couple million dollars, just because coming off that injury, you know, with only – one game under his belt granted he played great in that one game but you know 340 pounder coming off a knee injury it's even though he had pretty much a whole year before uh, the next time he has to be in another game it's I'm still a little surprised about that. so it shows that they're committed to him and potentially yeah. even for their left tackle spot and yeah. leaving him yep. more than just uh you know another competition with uh Chooks for the right tackle spot so yeah um it, really showed faith that they had in some of their players and Juju coming back. That's amazing. But I, I, it's just, I was surprised with who all they were able to keep and, you know, they have some holes, but, you know, in free agency, there's, they still have some money to play with. They could sign another two or three, you know, low mid-level guys for a couple million a year and still have enough for their draft capital and then make a couple small restructures and stuff just to give them that 5 million buffer. They usually like for during the season moves. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually, more, I'm surprised and happy with the moves that they ended up being able to make. Okay, and Ben, what what are your insights on all the Steelers re- retaining their free agents? Yeah, I mean, I obviously it's good. We like seeing players yeah. back. I think the biggest would be a mix between the obvious Juju and the obvious Cam. Mm-hmm. Where I think where we are in the draft season, we are such at a good. I mean, 
and obviously I know we're going to get into this later, but I think this 2021 draft for offensive linemen is deep. It's oh, nice. deep. Yeah. So the Steelers are at, are even at that 24 spot are able to kind of kind of think on their feet and help kind of rebuild that. But obviously you're not going to get that same type of depth at wide receiver or at corner. And I mean, I, I like Justin Lane. I mean, I still see Cam as still as still kind of like that inside guy. Um, I for, you know, and, and looking back to whenever Lane was drafted, I, I forget who wrote it, but it was an ESPN article when they wrote that. That's one of the biggest steals of the draft in that year. He's tall. He's lanky. He's lanky. He, has, he, he is able to cover. Uh, obviously, we haven't really seen that a lot yet. Yeah. But this is going to force him to kind of elevate that game to where scouts think he should be. And I think it's a great opportunity for Lane. Yeah, we saw Pierre there as that depth. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see who's going to be that starting corner on the outside opposite Hayden in September. Um, and then, yeah, just let Juju run free. And that saves us a, a, a draft pick worry, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And there is one last pickup the Steelers made this past week that I want to get your input in because this is a guy from Georgia, um, played four years there as last year being in 2019, didn't play for anyone in 2020, which was why the Steelers were able to go to the Georgia workout and sign him on site on scene. And this was an interesting move when they signed wide receiver Tyler Simmons, because Simmons would have been draft eligible in 2019, wasn't drafted, I guess was an undrafted rookie free agent and did not sign with the team. So in, in, in a sense, he was still an undrafted rookie free agent because it doesn't mean, because otherwise it's very rare for a team to go to a pro day and sign someone. And this is only because of his eligibility, whereas as anybody else was a senior or a junior declaring for the draft, you can't sign them right on site. You have to wait for the draft, obviously, and, th- and that process to run before their eligibility is being able to be signed right away seeing them. So have either of you heard anything specifically about Tyler Simmons or understand anything about Tyler Simmons? Because obviously his stats are very pedestrian. If you look at them, it seems that he has some return capability. Um, His best season looks like it was his 2019 season with 21 catches for 255 yards and a touchdown, not huge stats, but, uh, ben, first going with you, have you heard anything about Tyler Simmons and what do you think in his skill set would be so enticing to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I think, um, well, first, it takes a lot of good stuff for Colbert to offer a contract on site. Yes. Let's just leave that out there. Yeah, I mean, right. Try this checkbook. He wants to, he wants to buy a right off the rack. He's good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think he was brought in to kind of compete with Ray Ray McLeod yeah. um, mostly at the return side, obviously. I mean, we all know the Steelers specialty specifically on the return side um, really up until they got Deontay and he completely went off. And then, all, you know, obviously here with Ray Ray um, has been kind of like boring. They use like a backup running back every now and then. Yeah. Um, so I think they're really looking to address that. And he, I think is really going to bring that edge. Obviously he's going to, he's going to, he is going to be pushing here in Ray Ray, but he's also going to be a good practice squad guy where, you know, obviously with, you know, the second half of last year, we saw how valuable a, a reliable wide receiver is. And obviously he's going to be working under Matt Canada 
And I, I, I think it was more of a value of that depth pick. Nice. Matt, anything to add? Uh, yeah, Ben pretty much covered. I mean, he's shown, he showed in college, he was a solid return guy, you know, returned a lot of punts at Georgia, you know, had, was up tops of the, in the SEC ever in returns, uh, average per return. So returned punts all of his years there and did pretty well, or don't know if he was actually the starter all the time, but he was able to get on the field there. Um, as wide receiver, you know, he, you know, I'm not really sure what all he offers, you know, he, you didn't see a lot of him in college or in the pros really. So um, I know he's fast, you know, he runs at the sub four fours. Um, he's a decent athlete, but um, not really, don't really see much of him. I mean, even at Georgia, even a senior year, I think he only had like 20 catches or something like that. So, um, you know, he uh, was just, I was kind of surprised to be honest, because, you know, I knew a little bit about him just from watching him in his last year because Georgia was a really good team that year. And, yeah. uh, but I, saw him as an undrafted free agent, you know, didn't really see him as, you know, someone who was going to be picked up. So the fact that wow. they offered up on site, he must, he heard he did pretty good at the pro day, ran similar to how he did the year before. So obviously he stayed in shape well and has that speed. So, you know, if, even if he's only a return guy or, and, you know, a special teams guy, that's, you know, awesome way to get on the field. And it really gives them some need depth because they lost quite a few of those special team guys and, uh, you know, guys that can just be gunners or, you know, help get Ray Ray off of some of those and Deontay off of some of those. That's huge. And this way me, you know, they can contribute more on offense. Yeah. And to me with um, them signing him on site, just looking at his skill sets, it sounds like to me that this is a possible weapon that Matt Canada is looking at for his new offense, which are quick twitch athletes, good speed, lots of diversity, both running the football and receiving the football. He loves these style of athletes. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod also fits in in that style, as, as well as uh, Jalen Samuels and uh, Bryant McFadden, who actually um, ran part of his uh, offense there when he was in Maryland. So it looks like when initially when they were asked if, if they had the appropriate athletes to run that offense, he said, not yet, but we're moving toward there. I mean, even with our receiver set, I can see Claypool, Juju, uh, DJ working in very well in, in, in this type of offensive well. Don't know if Ben necessarily fits this style, uh, unless they're going to try to run him from a pistol next year most of the time, as opposed to running him from full shotgun. Um, but other than that, it's kind of exciting to start seeing the Steelers bringing in Matt Canada type of guys to being able to run his offense. And this is kind of the early transition to being able to do that. Um, moving on now, we are going to who I think the top positions of need now are for the Pittsburgh Steelers entering the draft. And it changed this week for me personally, because now I have my number one position of need being cornerback. Um, I don't know if it's going to be drafting an outside edge guy or to, to allow something to keep down in the slot or strictly waiting in the draft for a little bit and picking up a slot corner, which you can usually do later in the draft. But I find that is the number one need followed by, you know, left tackle being able to fill in these spots, center running back. I'm very high on tight end. I, I don't think we have any depth really behind Ebron. And I find him to be a very suspect if we're trying to consider him as a running game, tight end, being able to block very suspect in his skill set in that respect. Love him downfield, love him on the edge, but not on the inside. Um, outside linebacker depth, obviously, with Bud Dupree leaving. Need to fill in somebody behind Highsmith. I know we have Cassius Marsh, but depth is always needed. Ola Ideni going down with Bud Dupree to Tennessee. That sucked. 
they both went to the same team, but we've got to fill in that depth inside linebacker depth behind Spillane and Bush. I'd like to see some people coming in because we lost Williams. We lost um, Williams and Williamson. So two big guys in, in depth that we've lost at that position. Um, and then for wide receiver, I think we need to look at a slot receiver, possibly another shifty guy, possibly another returner to compete with Ray Ray, to compete with Tyler. Um, so we've got a lot of needs. Now, these are my needs. Matt, I want to start with you to see what your what you think that your needs are and the top needs for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you you kind of hit the nail on the head, you know, on okay. offense. Wow, I know what I'm talking about, the draft. I don't know anything usually. So thank you very much to the draft gurus for <laughs> asserting that I kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they say a blind, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but, um, you know, on offense, they definitely need to – get a center probably especially a long-term one I know they signed BJ Finney and they got JC back but you know um oftentimes they've been viewed more as backups and insurance guys um could use definitely another tackle another swing tackle um they just signed a guy that I think could be that but uh they need one there um tight end you know they definitely need depth I think there's some good blocking tight ends especially later in the draft and then uh tight ends usually take a year or two to develop anyway so finding an immediate third is going to be kind of difficult um, running back, obviously, everyone's wanting them to draft a running back. Yeah. Um, every mock you see has Najee Harris pretty much as their first pick. You know, whether or not we all agree with that is another story. But, you know, <laughs> and then uh, on defense, like you said, they need a corner. Yeah. Um, even though we are kind of fans of who they have, um, they really have four and you need five, maybe even six that you could yeah. really trust at any given time. Yeah. And uh, the rest of it's mainly depth on defense. You know, they need linebacker depth inside and out. Needs some D line depth. You know, the starters are really pretty much set across the entire defense, but depth is going to be a killer. And it was their it was their Achilles heel last year. You know, with they they even had solid depth, and it was still their Achilles heel. So, it's, defense is going to be, I think, picked a lot more in this draft than people realize. And thank you, Robert, over on YouTube for saying they're just being nice for agreeing with me. I appreciate that, Robert. Uh, ben, how do you see the needs in the draft coming up for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, so I see their running game as more of a, a what came first, the chicken or the egg type of deal. Yeah. Like, in order to have a good running game, do you have to good, have a, a good offensive line and an okay running back or a great running back and an okay offensive line? Yeah. And, I mean, if you look at the comments today from Rooney, he says that I don't want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers in the bottom of, you know, any rushing list as long as I'm here. Yes. So that leads me to believe that he's going to be looking at either offensive tackle, you know, something along the offensive line or running back here in the first two is what I'm is what I'm thinking. So those in order of priority, I'm looking at those two as my highest. I would flip maybe the RB a little bit higher just because there's so many question marks as to our current depth now. I mean, as where we stand, any smell. Yes. So. Obviously, we have a long way to go, but that's where I'm leaning RB first, maybe offensive line second. And then, um, yeah, and then obviously the corner. And because the the kryptonite for the Steelers has been on the secondary. Yeah. And now, again, we then it was forced, of course, but there's going to be that question mark there. And, you know, even looking down the road with Hayden, what's going to happen to him um, whenever that time comes. So I would put in top three, I would do the RB offensive line corner. And then, yeah, the Steelers love linebackers. Like I said, in, 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 uh, in, in death and in taxes and the Steelers drafting a linebacker. It's going to happen. Um, nice. So, 
yeah, in, in defensive depth, we learned is critical in the, a, in the AFC North. So I would put those four as my top. Nice. And Facebook coming in hard with the comments here. Uh, ben really knows what he's talking about. Thank you, Devin. We appreciate that input. Uh, we've got uh, Rick saying, holy deep black beard. Thank you for paying attention. It is getting darker as I get older. And Jack also adds in, Ben, you need to get with the program and grow a beard. So thank you, Facebook. <laughs> For, <laughs> for the fun banter that we always love on these live podcast feeds. And, th- you know, thank you very much for being a part of it because you are what makes us fun. And this is why we do this. We do this for you guys specifically. So cheers, Steeler Nation. My beer tonight for my cheers. I am drinking a Fast Times at Heavy Metal High from Adroit Theory. I just returned from Percival, Virginia after working at Dulles Airport today and spent way too much money on a case of beer, but I'm enjoying an excellent IPA from Adroit Theory. What are we all drinking tonight? Uh, Matt is going to show off his lovely Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, which is a big <laughs> a big drink that I promote with my Pepsi business. <laughs> and we've got Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey over there with Ben. So Steeler Nation, raise your drinks. Cheers to our team. Cheers to the upcoming draft and our re-signings. Love you guys. Cheers, Steel Nation. Hey, next time I'm definitely going to have to en- enjoy a little bit of a more aggressive beverage than the zero sugar <laughs> mountain with you. You got to stay awake, too. I- I've been drinking. We-, we just got a new product, too. And this is what we're promoting at the at, at a Reagan Airport in Dallas right now, currently. It's called Bubbly Bounce. If you know Bubbly, Bubbly is the essentially f- fruit-flavored seltzer water mm-hmm. that Pepsi puts out. And now Bubbly Bounce is caffeinated fruit flavored seltzer water so not only is it keeping me awake and i've always enjoyed the bubbly product itself and it's really good as a mixer as well the caffeine is a whole new level it actually now i don't take naps in the afternoon it's great (laughs) (laughs) but but you know that's just the way it rolls so now let's get into talking about who your favorite players are either just in general for these positions or specifically if you want to talk about you know the steelers needs I'm, i'm fine with that as well I'd like to talk about you know top three ideal players and then possibly throwing a sleeper or two at the end. We don't have to say when they're drafted, where they're drafted, just ideal fits. And, and because once we get closer to the draft, we'll start talking about slotting, where we're going to draft and who we're going to draft and what we should be targeting. But right now, this is just fun. Steeler Nation just getting to know some of these players. Um, ben, I'm going to start with you. And let's start with left tackle. Uh, because I know left tackle is a position of need. I know we're going to have some both uh, Chooks and Banner are basically going to be fighting it out for whoever's going to be starting at left and right. And um, who who do you see then in the draft that the Steelers may target? Yeah, so I, I know I, I know that they have met with uh, Carson Green over at Texas A&M. He's one. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit biased. I'm a UT Austin fan. So <laughs> Sam Cosme is one. Nice. You nice. want to throw him in there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and then the hopeful for me is Rayshon Slater, but we all know that may not happen. Hopefully yeah. he slides. <laughs> um, and then I know that they have met with uh, Spencer Brown uh, you know, as well over at UNI. So. Very cool. Very cool. And Matt, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I'm a big uh, Samuel Cosme fan as well. I think he has nice. probably some of the highest upside in the draft. He's a crazy athlete. So awesome. um, he might even be a, little bit of a pipe dream I've seen some people putting them a little high up there so who knows um I really like uh Leah Mitchenberg from Notre Dame I think he's someone who can come in 
he's a mauler to start mm. from day one if he if he's selected and just help that more to the run game and the Rooney point. And then uh, I, I kind of have a bit of a sleeper here. Got good old uh, Cordell Volson out of North Dakota State. Ooh. You know, not many people really know who he is, but I think he's um, he's that if the Steelers are truly happy with their tackle position um, and are just looking for, you know, some depth there, you know, kind of a swing tackle. And he's a great developmental guy, very good athlete, um, kind of has that uh, mean streak that you look for in a lineman. So he's someone that you snag in the late rounds and you might be able to just plug and play him in a couple of years. Nice. Now, one of the players that just, I'm, I wrote a huge article on Steelers centers through the years, starting with Ray Mansfield, all the way up through to Pouncey, who just retired this year. The Steelers go very, very short amounts of time between lockdown centers that play for a decade for this team. They see the this, this center as a skill position. They are very highly, they're going to target centers very highly. So I think this draft may be one of those years they do. Maybe they're going to wait another year or two before they really lock onto their guy. But if they do, choose to lock onto their guy who do you see them taking this year Matt um if it's early and I think I'm, I think it very well might be um Creed Humphrey seems to be a guy that a lot of people are locking on to and Humphrey's um, out of Oklahoma okay yeah so he, he's definitely he's probably the top center on the board um you know he could slide to them in the second round but likely if they wanted him that badly they'd have to get him in the first okay um he he's my number one him and landon dickerson are kind of fighting that out out of alabama but mm -hmm. him with his late season injury and you know he's had a couple injuries throughout his careers yeah. throughout his career at uh, college um i also really like uh josh myers out of ohio state you know he uh mm -hmm. played great early in his career especially as a especially a year or two ago and then he's been solid the last two years but like some of those other guys, he's a mauler. He's upper body and lower body strength is off the charts. He lunges a little bit in pass protection from time to time, but, you know, he's, he's going to help that running game. So those are the three I'm focusing on. I think Creed Humphrey would be a great pick and addition for them. Nice. And you know how Steelers love Ohio State guys. So, Ben, uh, you got anything to add there in the center position? Yeah, no, well, he hit all three of them. I love all three of those guys. The only one I would add is maybe Trey Hill. Mm -hmm. um, you know, who, who's played in a pro type of offense at, at Georgia, right, Matt? Yep. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, so he's already kind of used to that type of offense. Now, of course, I know with Matt Canada, we don't know what exactly it's going to be like, but I see Trey Hill as kind of rounding out that top four in terms of centers. Yeah, he's another one of those maulers that can just – Right. He's a people mover, man. He's mm – -hmm. Bulldozer. He, he has that. He has some, that strength that not many can even think of possessing. So Ben, now I'm going to, this is like a serpentine draft. I'm just going to keep like serpentining through you guys. Uh, tight end. Now I want to hear your tight end picks and possible targets for the Steelers. So it's kind of a loaded question because if you think of tight ends in the 2021 NFL draft, uh -huh. you think of Kyle Pitts mm -hmm. and up until maybe midnight of yesterday, that's about it. But I mean, up at State College, Pat Firemuth, yeah. um, who I mean, I call it a little bit of it. I have a, I have a good friend up in Pennsylvania who's a big Penn State fan. He he, yeah. he he's all over him. And he yeah. he told me here. I asked him. I was like, so what do you think about all that? And he said that he's kind of like a, a Travis Kelsey, a baby Travis Kelsey. He's also been called like a baby Gronk. Okay. Um, 
But in terms of where he fits with the Steelers, he's a better pass catcher than he is, say, a blocker. Um, So, I mean, yes, he's great. But for me, I think the Steelers need more so of a blocker themselves. Yeah. Um, So, Brevin Jordan, you want to throw him in there as well? We can. Um, Brevin Jordan out of? Out of Miami. Miami. Florida. Yes. I mean, I have those three. The thing is, like, I have those three as your your best picks. I mean, even they, they can be groomed to be a blocker if they want to be a blocker. But where the NFL is right now mm. in terms of tight end is it's the catching tight end is what wins games. If you, if you, you know, look in, in San Francisco, obviously with Gronk, Travis Kelsey, really those types of players. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, right. And so I think those three. I mean, uh, that, 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 at least for me, it, it caps out, you know, that top tier. Did, and just a quick um, thing, did, did you hear about uh, Firemuth's 40 time? Because I know Penn State just had their pro day today. Did he have a fast 40 or did he have a, a 40 that was expected? Because it seemed like those, some of those players over there were running off the charts, especially the bigger players there, linebackers, defensive ends. Right. I honestly... I haven't. I, I was I was watching more of his um his pass catching. Okay. I know that that was the workout that the Steelers were involved in was his okay. running and things like that. Matt, I don't know if you saw anything on his forty time. I did not. Um, I I didn't see anything either come out of that. I saw a lot of the other forty times. For some reason, I didn't see his. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure if he he might not have ran it. Um, I know some of these colleges are doing uh two different forty times or two different uh, pro days, so he might be spacing it out a little bit or wait for the scouting combine even. That's kind of going to be virtual, which is going to be kind of interesting. But. And, and Matt, what tight ends have you seen, if you've seen any different ones than uh, Ben or possibly a sleeper? Um, so he, he named kind of the top ones. I'm going to kind of go a little different way and focus on some of the middle round guys. And because okay. what, what they really need right now, he kind of hit on it, is that run blocker. You know, they have yeah. Ebron for at least one year. And, uh, yes. you know, everyone would love a Kyle Pitts. Yeah, but um, that's just a bit of a pipe dream. And but if he's there, man, it, you take yeah. Game. That's that's what I thought. I'm I'm with you there, Matt. I think if as far as all the value I've seen in the draft, if Kyle Pitts is there over a top running back, a top left tackle, you know, I I think you have to take Kyle Pitts just strictly on athleticism. Yeah, if he's I, I don't twenty four. Yeah, I just don't see him falling out of the top ten at this point. Unfortunately, yeah. but he's he he's been he's a freak show, but um. Uh, I like some guys. I like uh, Tommy Trimble out of Notre Dame. I think he's a solid all-around tight end, kind of like a slightly better Jesse James, in my opinion, skill set-wise. Okay. You know, can block, can be a reliable number two pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, high upside guy is Tony Poljan, if I'm pronouncing that right, out of Virginia. Yeah. Uh, he's six 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 seven six eight something like that, 260. Needs a little bit of polish. Um, believe he's a co- converted quarterback. Yeah. Um, out of college and uh then there's a uh, one other i really like to eventually replace ebron next year is uh, trey mckitty out of georgia okay um, he's a great athlete put on a great show at the senior bowl um kind of is almost a mini kyle pitts hmm, nice. um kind of has that little bit of wide receiver look to him that you know receiving tight end but he he's not afraid to stick his nose in and block you know he's not always the most effective you know he's because he's a little on the thinner side and but he showed he's not afraid to stick his nose in i mean his last year at Georgia and he kind of dug down and was willing to stick it in there. And same with the senior bowl, you know, he just does needs a little bit more strength and uh, technique there, but 
I, I really think a lot of those guys could be those mid to late round uh, guys that really add something to the Steelers offense without costing them. And Matt, I'm going to start with you on the position that everybody across all of our platforms are asking about, and that is running back. There's a lot of love here for uh, Travis Atene. I don't know if it's pronouncing that correctly or Najee Harris asking where they're going to be drafted, but obviously you're probably going to talk about them. Let us know what you think about them being a fit for Steeler nation and possibly any anybody else. Yeah, it's a uh, Travis ETN. ETN. Um, kind of a, yeah, it's, kind of a unique It's one. like a it news network. That's like a news network, right? Right. ETN. <laughs> all Travis all the time. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> a unique way to pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, especially when you look at it, you don't expect that. Yeah. Um, but he, he's personally my number one running back in the class. Uh, he can just do stuff in the passing game that really no one else in the class can. Um, yeah. And still yeah. be a solid between the tackles runner. Uh-huh. Um, he showed that earlier in his career, Clemson. Clemson kind of lost some of their offensive line this year, so he was, didn't have as much success. But, um, you know, Najee Harris is obviously a fan favorite. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say no to him. Just I personally lean ETN a little bit, especially in the Matt Canada's offense and True. having a grinder like Benny Snell already. Um, I think they would pair well together. Uh, some of the mid-round guys, I, I put out a draft profile on him. Khalil Herbert. Um, he's out of Virginia Tech. He's probably my favorite value running back in the draft. He'd be a third, maybe even a fourth round pick if the Steelers wanted to risk letting him go that far. But okay. he has contact balance that reminds me of uh, watching, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, that same level of contact balance where you just hit him and they just kind of shift through it. Um, yeah. I compared him to Devontae Freeman because he's a shorter back, like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, you know, but you saw what Devontae Freeman did for the Falcons over the years and carried the load. And I'm going to shout out my uh, other Ohio State guy, Trey Sermon. He's another one of those guys with great contact balance. That's something that a lot of running backs, you know, you might have the speed, the strength, the catching ability, but the contact balance, yeah. taking that first hit and arm tackles and still being able to maneuver without, you know, really getting off course or falling to the ground. So uh, those are guys I'm targeting. Obviously, a lot of the guys want those first round ETN or Harris, but I'd lean more towards some of the middle round guys because I think you can get great value there with some of these guys. Nice. And um, Ben, what do you, do you have any other sleepers or any other people to add that you'd like to get Steeler Nation excited about for running back? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we already know the big names and yeah. I don't know. I, I, with Trey Sermon, I have him on my list. I don't even know if he is considered a sleeper now because he's coming off that injury. We don't know how he's going to react. Um, you know, we're going to have to wait for his pro day to really see what he can do, but that's still kind of a question mark there. Yeah. The one I would add on to that is Javante Williams here out of UNC. He's another one where he's like a mighty mouse, where he is a lightning bug, and he is one break away from a touchdown. Mm. Um, so I would add him here, um, and I, I mean I like Trey Sermon as well. If the Steelers were to pick him up, say as like a five-ish, four or five, depending on how everything kind of plays out, I wouldn't be mad. Um, yeah, I would definitely add Javante Williams onto that list. And yeah, Javante Williams, he's just able to just he, like you say, he's like a bowling ball. Reminds me of Maurice Jones Drew almost back in the day. Yes. Because he's, he's small, compact, Love but built like a that. tank and just his able. quads are like sequoias. <laughs> Mark that down, Steeler Nation. Quote me on that. are like sequoias. Ben, great quote. And I loved Maurice Jones Drew going into that draft, which I believe he went in the second round that year if i'm remembering correctly i wanted the steelers really to get that guy i loved him 
Um, I was a little young then, so uh, yeah, kind of dating well, me a little bit. Well, back in my day when we were drafting Maurice <laughs> Jones, Drew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm he carved old. us up too. He made he oh, made yeah. us regret it. I'll tell I, you what. Th- this is why I have to dr- dye my beard, Steeler Nation, so I can look as young <laughs> as my co-hosts. But UNC also being a uh, the the school of the biggest sleeper in NFL history for Steeler running backs for Fast Willie Parker coming out essentially from nowhere with zero statistics. Just people that love that school that are affiliated with the Steelers say, "Hey, you got to check this guy out." So I'd love to see if that guy is another one that's on the Steelers radar and probably is because we have a lot of Steelers um, old people from that were in the Steelers organization that do live in the, uh, the triangle down there in Carolina and do recruit and look at a lot of those players down there and let them know about players that are possibly going to be on their radar. So Ben, I want you to start off with wide receivers and who you see as possible fits for the Steelers. So, I mean, I'm obviously going to be looking outside of LSU and outside of the University of Alabama because chances are they're not going to be available for the Steelers. So, I mean, for wide receiver, one I really like, and he started out as a sleeper, but he's starting to kind of gain momentum, is Jalen Darden out of North Texas, where, you know, in a mid-major school, you're not going to get a lot of exposure um and of course things are going to be ho hot because who's your opponent but he's been putting up some good numbers here and again he's been rising on a lot and he even ran I want to say like a 44740 at his pro bowl or at not wow. pro bowl his pro day today yeah. so he he's he's one I'm re- I am really high on mm-hmm. and then Rondale Moore out of Purdue I mean he's one where I mean he's like 5 foot 7 but he put up a pro day uh, I mean, I said it, he did his vertical higher than I can jump on a trampoline. Um, yes, so I remember that. Is, you put that on the text today for the chain. Right. The writers, yeah. Right. Writers. So he, great. he's, he's yeah, he's one. Just get him in space. Get the ball to him um, <laughs> and just let him go and yeah. let him go. And um, the other is Amari Rogers, which is one of those where I would love I would love for the Steelers to grab him if he's there. But it's just a matter, I mean, and they have met with him here at, at, at his pro day. Yeah. Um, he's, I would say, is at the top. And then I would put Moore and Darden there in the middle. Awesome. Ben, or sorry, Matt, any of you add? Uh, I, I agree with him. I love Rondell Moore. Um, he put on an absolute show as a true freshman at Purdue. It was insane. Um, deal with, dealt with injuries and everything the last couple of years, but if he can stay a healthy man and if the Steelers are fortunate enough for him to fall to him in the second round, there's some hype about him almost being a first round pick now, wow. seeing all these testing numbers. So yeah. um, if he can fall, fall to them in the second round, I mean, just add to the streak of drafting great wide receivers in the second round. You know, yeah. it, it can't the, go wrong. the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. This is a year, though, that it seems like there's zero turnover for the Steelers at wide receiver, especially with retaining Juju and bringing him back all top, all the five receivers that were rostered for the Steelers last year as wide receivers are retained. So you got Juju, you got Washington, you got DJ, um, 
you have Claypool, and you have Ray Ray. So yeah. all five are retained. So, th- so this might be one of the few years where the Steelers may not even draft a receiver. I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking as it being kind of like being a possibility, but at least I don't see it as being a day one, day two priority like we usually have with receivers. But you never know if the right person drops, you know, the Steelers are going to make a move and that's just the way they are. Uh, I'm going to skip over on offense the last two positions of quarterback and guard. I don't think that those are needs right now. So let's start talking on defense. And for me, the top position is cornerback. Matt, I want to lead with you. What cornerbacks do you see as being enticing for the Steelers to look at? And you guys can even like break it up as slot corners and um, outside corners because I think they possibly have a need at one, maybe two. Yeah, they, they definitely uh, – it wouldn't hurt to draft multiple. They definitely need one in the slot. Um, some of the uh, – I actually just put out a profile on one on two of them recently. Um, my favorite my, – arguably my favorite corner in the draft as a whole um, is Asante Samuel Jr. Oh, yeah, um, son of Asante Samuel. I remember, yeah. I remember when his dad played football. He was hey, a hey, good hey. player for them. I think he was with – was he with uh, the Raiders? Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he, he was a he, he was definitely a star back then. Yes, he was. But uh, his, his son's equally just as good. Um, his son's even arguably a little more uh, well-rounded because he's a lot better in the run game and a lot more willing to be a tackler and get off blocks and stuff. But I love him. He probably can play both inside and outside because he's a smaller in stature, about 5'10", but he's physical enough to keep up with anyone. Um, he'd be a first-round target if they get lucky second round. I mean, it, it would it would need some falling. Um, yeah. Another guy I put out uh, just today actually was Elijah Molden out of Washington. Okay. Um, he's my favorite slot corner in the draft. Uh, he's tough, gritty. Um, he even dabbled a little bit at safety at the end of the year, so he has a little bit of position wow. versatility. But um, yeah. Yeah. he's quick in and out of breaks. I really see a slightly bigger Mike Hilton in him because he's about 5'10", 190, 195 pounds, so just slightly bigger than Not Mike. Not much bigger, but yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Mike was not a big guy. <laughs> no, he wasn't. That's why I love Mighty Mouse. He was my favorite player on the defense. I was sad to see him leave. Uh, yeah. ben, ben, do you see any other fits there at a cornerback? So I'm going to say a name that is going to be so Pittsburgh, you're not going to know what to do with it. And that is out of Syracuse of being Ifiatu Melifwani. Yes. And say that 10 times fast. Oh, yeah. he, is, he is one Ramachi where – I'm right there with you. <laughs> right, or TBI Awuma is another. Yes. That's a, that's another one I thought of. <laughs> or Troy um, yes. Anyway. Right, exactly. Any Where of those he, Samoan he, players. Yes, yeah. Well, he, he's good, um, obviously, if we're talking about him. But he's not really – he's not – I love Asante Samuel Jr., I agree. And obviously, we have Caleb Farley, who's going to be gone in, in, in the first round. Okay. Um, you know, and JC Horn is another that, you know, I said jokingly, I hope he falls to 24. If he's there at 24, we pounce on him. Yeah. Um, odds of that happening, not really. Um, but I love Malafuani, uh, yeah. just because he, he's lengthy, he's, he has great coverage skills, and we still don't kind of know. I mean, it's going to take training camp, and I'm assuming there's going to be a preseason and a preseason as well to really see where Cam Sutton is, so is, is going to fit in. Okay. Um, so depending on really how that plays out, they are going to want to have that corner who has the ability to play deep if need be. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I still think that he could be an easy slot there as well. Nice. 
Um, ben, I want to come back to you staying in the secondary. Let's talk about safeties and possibly like a hybrid money backer um, position because that looks like the Steelers have always been kind of trying to move to there. I don't know if Edmonds is really built for it. Like I thought he was. They don't kind of really use him in that money backer role as much. Um, but do you see anybody in the draft that from a safety perspective for either depth or like a money backer role that you could see fitting with the Steelers? Yeah. So I love Jevin Holland. I think he is, if not the number one top three in the safeties here on, on the overall rankings. Yeah. Um, depth as like a value pick. And I, I, I had, I had written about him a couple of weeks ago, Paris Ford. If you follow pit football, you know who Paris Ford is. I think he's born to raise. He's a yinzer. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he, he, he's one. Yeah. He's one where um, he's undersized, uh, but his motor is high and he's a hitter. I mean, he's like a Ryan Clark type of hitter. Oh, wow. Where he's like, yeah, like a yard dog. in the wood. Yeah. Uh, right, right, which, you know, we'll have to see how that translates into the NFL. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if the Steelers are looking for that depth and he's there, say, at that four, five, six position, I know that's a wide range, but we yeah. don't see how everything's going to be going forward. But yeah. um, he's one that I think would be a good a, a good add at, on the depth chart here in, in Pittsburgh. Okay. Matt? Yeah, to add to him, Jevon Holland, he's, he reminds me of a – Mega Fitzpatrick almost, he's a ball hawk. He can find the ball anywhere. It doesn't matter where it goes. He, he's in the play and able to either break it up, pick it off, do something with it. Um, I also, uh, Paris Ford was someone else I like a lot, you know, in those middle rounds. You know, he like you said, he's tough, physical, just plays Pittsburgh football. Um, yeah. Some guy I like as a real late pick who could really kind of be that money backer like Stryker talked about. He's a little bit of a bigger safety out of Florida is trading the bird. Mm. Um, played I uh, believe he was at the Senior Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Played well there. Um, overall, uh, he's kind of like that bigger safety. You know, doesn't really – he's not really going to be that deep guy very often, but, you know, you can kind of get those underneath zones, those underneath crossers, and uh, kind of almost be uh, kind of what Troy Polamalu was late in his career where he wasn't flying around the field as much, but almost act as that that linebacker when in sub packages, even though he still did this Troy Polamalu thing, but kind of simplified role of that where you don't ask him to rove and do all that stuff. Yeah. Kind of what they almost want Marcus Allen to be, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, dime linebacker. Those are three guys that, you know, I think fit what they need. You know, safety may not be a high priority for them, but having someone to take that depth and because they really don't have a lot behind uh, Fitzpatrick and Edmonds. I mean, they had Sean Davis they brought on last year and yeah. and yeah. signed Killebrew, but none of them have really been that given the ability to play three safeties or play multiple coverages back there, Cam Sutton was kind of that guy to some extent. So now that he's in that starting role, it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah. I'd be happy if they could find a way to get Sean Davis back in free agency at a, at a 1 million mark, because he was an excellent special teams player and also gives you a lot of diversity for backing up either position on safety. So, but we'll, we'll see how that moves, but ideally, you know, this is going to be a target. Um, Matt, moving toward the draft, edge players. I want you to start with edge players and let us know because I think the Steelers are going to have to target an edge player in this draft and may target one earlier than later. Yeah, I don't think it'll – I agree. I, they'll definitely need to pick one because even though they re-signed Marsh, he's not really the guy you want to have to see the field a lot. If he doesn't have to, you like him to rotate in. So yeah. 
Um, I agree. They'll in the middle rounds, especially. It's kind of like how they did with Alex Highsmith that third round, maybe even second if someone falls. But um, I like. I stick with my Ohio State guys. Uh, Baron Browning out of Ohio State. He he's kind of played all the linebacker positions for Ohio State, but really excelled off the edge. Uh, played well in the Clemson game. Played great at the Senior Bowl. You know, he's a freak athlete. Big, fast, strong. Um, I also like Joshua Kando. I'm not really sure if I'm saying his name right, out of Florida State. Um, he's a height, weight, speed guy. Kind of reminds me of like a little bit of a lighter Bud Dupree. Okay. Um, didn't really, doesn't have that massive production, kind of like Dupree didn't have coming out of Kentucky, but, you know, yeah. someone they could really develop. And he held up well against the run. So early in his career, he could rotate and let, you know, Highsmith and Watt kind of get those breaks. And then uh, Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. Um, another really good run defender needs to work on his pass rush moves, but has that athleticism as he uh, he kind of played both with his hand down in the dirt and standing up for Oklahoma, but excelled standing up playing a wide nine for them. So um, I think the middle rounds is really where they're going to grab another one. And there's a million ways they can go there. There's a lot of names out there that, you know, even Taron Jackson out of coastal Carolina, I believe. Okay. Um, could even be a late round pick. So. And and Ben, I, I got Robert here on uh, Face. Um, no, sorry, on YouTube, staying uh, Peyton Turner. Uh, want you to talk about Peyton Turner if you know anything about him, and also uh, add some of your people as well. Oh, Peyton Turner. That's not a name. <laughs> I I I don't have him on my list at all. Matt, Matt have you heard of Peyton Turner at all? Sorry, Robert. Oh uh, yeah, he's out of Houston, I believe. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, um, yeah. he's kind of. Uh, He's played more of a as a D lineman, I believe. So okay. he would probably bulk up to be kind of like uh, um, Cameron Hayward and Stefan Tuit back. If I'm not mistaken, he might have been a little bit more on the edge because I think he partly played defensive end and a four three defense. Yeah. Um, but if I'm thinking him correctly, he they would probably try to um, bulk him up a little bit to make him a rotational D lineman more than an edge. Yeah. Nice. And if, yeah. if that's a, if that's a university of Houston player, it's obviously probably Cooley man over there. One of our moderators from SteelerNation.com. Thank you for bringing your uh, Houston bias. We appreciate it as always Cooley. And uh, Ben, who, who do you see as well too at that edge spot of possibly being a sleeper or, or a target? Yeah. Well, and so Matt, he kind of hinted at it where um, as a, a, a sidebar, you know, the edge rusher in Pittsburgh with the way they run their defense, it's either an, an outside linebacker or a defensive end. So there's a you you have to commit to either one or the other. So that's why I was looking first. I mean, Ellerson Smith, they met with Ellerson Smith. They're at his pro day here. I think it was this week, if not towards the end of last week. Yeah. Um, one I really like, again, being a Pittsburgh bias is Patrick Jones Jr., where he's going to be available in the later rounds. And he is one that obviously is familiar with the Pittsburgh facility. I'm sure they have crossed paths in some capacity, mm-hmm. but he's one where he's kind of, I don't want to say undersized is that he's too small to rush because it's not true at all. He's not a step onto it. Um, so he has the ability where if the Steelers have to convert him to drop back into coverage, be that outside linebacker that they need where he can go in or out, he can be that guy, especially in those middle of the late rounds. Yeah. Nice. And final position that I want to touch on, because I don't think defensive lineman is going to be a target at all this year. I think they, they have a lot of youth with their young players with both bugs and Davis. It looks like fighting it out for a nose tackle, obviously, you know, 
uh, to it and Hayward or all world. It doesn't mean they're not going to pick up somebody late, but I want to go with inside linebacker because I think that's more of a position of need. I think that's somebody that they're going to look at to kind of fit in possibly on a rotational basis and possibly help out with coverage as well. Um, so, you know, that is if Marcus Allen hasn't really kind of blown up in his second year in that role now being an inside linebacker, which I'm still very interested to see because that transition seemed to be very smooth for him last year. I want to see him get more get off and, and punch against the running game. But if there's any inside linebackers, Ben, let's start with you and see who you'd like to target. Yeah. So no, obviously we all know about Michael Parsons. He's going to be gone the first 10. Um, Zayvon Collins is another that m- may not be there. He, I obviously again going to yeah. be top ten. Um, I like Nick Bolton, and Steelers met with him. Even Mike Tomlin went down there and met with him here earlier this week. Um, linebackers coach even took a picture with his mom, and they met with his agent. So I mean, all those things kind of lead to very strong interest. And he's one where he could be a year one starter. Um, he's able, he is a bit undersized, but he's able to show that he's able to cover, which that's what the Steelers need. Um, and he's able to also as well be the play caller on defense, which we saw how valuable that was whenever Bush went down last year, where it was just almost like a free for all. He can be that slot guy, um, or he's able to fill in, in that slot. Um, I mean, another one too, as well is, uh, is Garrett, uh, it's Garrett Wallow. Okay. Um, who again, that one that the Steelers had, had met with, I think last week as well. So I, I would put Nick Bolton though. He's like my, he's my golden goose. Nice. <laughs> and Matt, do you have anybody to add? Oh yeah. I have a couple. Um, a real late round target probably just cause he's a little undersized. I believe is a guy named Amari Gaynor, I believe is how you say his name out of Florida state. Okay. Um, kind of going with a lot of these Florida state guys they are long, athletic, quick, mm. yeah. um, Kind of almost can be like that uh, Bush guy. Um, I also like, uh, not sure if I'm going to say either his first or last name, right? Chaz Surrett. Okay. Um, out of North Carolina. Um, he's an interesting guy. Um, he could definitely be that uh, um, quarterback of the defense because he used to be the quarterback of the offense for North Carolina. <laughs> so uh, transitioned a couple years ago and uh, made leaps from each year he played the position of linebacker. And he's built like you know the perfect uh 2020 nfl linebacker where he's long lean fast still adding weight to his frame i think he weighs about 230 now and probably run around a four five so he's fast smart intelligent um and i'll throw out another ohio state guy and justin hilliard you know gotta (laughs) gotta get love for him someone who just had some bad injury luck but played great when he's been on the field but um there's a deep inside linebacker class. I love Nick Bolton, just like Ben. Um, Zayvon Collins, if he's there, it's going to be hard for them to pass up if they want to pick one early. Yeah. Um, until today, it looked like Michael Parsons may be falling in some people's eyes, but that went way out the window the second he ran. He decided to, you know, show up. Yeah. You know, all he had, all he had to do was get there, and they were like, okay, well, never mind. We thought wrong. <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys here, and. You know, they definitely need some depth there. They have some solid pieces, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And now we're getting at the uh, position of the draft where I actually may be a little bit more uh, invested than our draft gurus. We were talking about this off the air and <laughs> special teams players. I'm, a, I'm built like a punter, so I know the punters. I know the Steelers are not going to be targeting a kicker or a long snapper, but there's a couple 
seventh round options. And there are two Ray Guy uh, award winners in this upcoming draft. One of them won it in 2019. One of them just won it this past year. Possible seventh round picks or undrafted rookie free agents uh, targets. Uh, first one being Max Duffy out of Kentucky, who won the Ray Guy award win uh, for the best punter in 2019. And then the other one being last year's Ray Guy award winner and Presley Harvin out of Georgia Tech. The third, not to be confused with his uh, father, uh, Presley Harvin II, or his grandfather, Presley Harvin. So these are my picks <laughs> for punter. I know there's not a whole lot of uh, sleepers yet. We're still very early. I know you guys don't want to spend a whole lot of time with this. So let's move Steeler Nation. We're getting to the time, obviously, where we are getting to uh, discussing the questions from Steeler Nation and that's going over to SteelerNation.com. I put up a thread every week asking people to ask questions. I'm going the first question here off of Facebook because we got one of our Facebook members, uh, FSF asked, how deep is the running back in this draft? And uh, Matt, I'll start with you on this one. And then Ben, you can add on there at the end. Um, I think it's actually a pretty deep running back draft class. There's um, maybe not towards the end, but definitely in those middle rounds, there's a lot of solid options. Um, we've talked about a couple of them in Trey Sermon, yeah. Khalil Herbert. I mean, uh, Javante Williams is even available in the second round, most likely. Um, some other big names, Chuba Hubbard or Chuba Hubbard, however you say his name. Yeah. Um, just a couple sleepers and like Ramondre Stevenson, just because he's a Pittsburgh Steelers size back being six foot 235 and being able to run a four or five. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a deep draft class for running backs because if the Steelers don't want to have to take one in the first round. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, I mean, well, I think, too, I mean, in any draft, as history has shown us, the at the running back position, it's been deep, even if we don't know it at the time. Yeah. I mean, if you look at some of, like, the top guys here even today, like um, uh, Alvin Kamara, like, when was he drafting? Was he fourth? Third, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So – not first. Yes, um, not so, first, exactly. I mean, if the Steelers don't land one of the top guys in the first round, they don't need to, yeah. um, mm -hmm. which I don't think a lot of running backs are outside of Travis Etienne and and, and Najee Harris. Eh. Um, I like uh, Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis as well. He's another one that I could see falling into the mid-round. Steelers met with him as well. Mm -hmm. So he's one of those guys. Yeah, And then – I'm blanking on his last name right now, but I know his first name is Pookie out of Kansas State. He's another Big 12 guy, almost like a Chuba or a Chuba, yeah. um, where he's one that's going to be falling into the later rounds. And if the Steelers haven't addressed it by then, why not? Yeah. Great. Yeah, Pookie Williams is there you go. fast as can be. He's, he's that, you know, playing at Kansas just didn't always get the best of blocking for him. And I think he would, he's almost kind of like a, Ray or McLeod a little bit where he's kind of that like hybrid fast as can just gadget player that Matt Canada would do great with. Yeah. And he's Ryan, a better Dree Archer. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, geez. My goodness. Dree, we're done hey, with I that. I was a Dree Archer fan. I love the yeah. pick, but it, it went south. It did. And Ryan, I see you over there on Facebook, chiming in, draft a player from Alabama, Landon, Landon Dickerson at center, not deep after Najee and Pookie Williams sucks ben <laughs> is essentially his opinion so thank you very much too for for uh, chiming in over there on facebook ryan we appreciate you now we got a, a question here from ike 
Kelly over at SteelerNation.com. This is one of my favorite questions, so I'm really excited to hear your input on this, guys. Um, he would be curious to know your, your viewpoint on player evaluations for those who sat out and those who played in 2020 due to COVID. So, Ben, who would have the edge? Would you have the edge for sitting out all of that year, or would you have the edge for actually trying to play through that COVID season? Well, it's the old adage that time is money. And of course, if you have a player who was able to put up a thousand yards rushing in 2020 versus one who has a goose egg there, probably going to go to the thousand yard rushing. Yeah. Um, one player, I mean, that I have been looking at, I love and falls into that category is Trey Lance, who yeah. is a quarterback that I, again, I love. Yeah. And he's been going, if not top 10, top five in almost every mock draft that I've seen. And he sat out all but one game of the 2021 season. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where it's like, it could play a big role, but if he's looking at being a top five as an NFL quarterback, that has a lot to say. Yeah. So um, that's a, that's a long answer for it really depends on the player and it really depends on yeah. the, on, on the position itself. And obviously we know each, each conference kind of played within themselves. So it also depends on which conference they played in and that strength ACC versus SEC versus Pac-12, well, you know, all that stuff. So I, I obviously, yes, it's going to play a huge role in it, yeah. but it's really going to come down to how the player performs at the pro day. I think that's what's going to come. It's, that's what's going to boil down to. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Ben a lot here. I think it really just depends on the player. It's going to be player by player. I think overall, the majority of players, uh, coaches and scouts are going to wish they would have played so they could see them um, being away from a football team for a year, you know, can do a lot. You can do your training, you can go through your drills, you can get in the weight room, but it's kind of hard to um, really simulate getting hit, putting the pads on, you know, doing some of that. I mean, the first player ever to really try and do it was Maurice Claret and saw how that turned out and didn't go so well for him. He ended up looking like a freak of nature until he had to run the 40 yard dash and ran a four, seven, five or something like that. Yeah. But um, there's a, It'll be a case-by-case -case basis. I think the top players, um, it really won't affect them quite as much. Um, they had a lot less questions to answer, so they kind of preserved themselves. Uh, but for those mid-round guys, you know, I, I think they could have hurt themselves if uh, you already have a couple questions and then you didn't really answer them and then took time away, you know, actually playing the game. Um, it, you know, you can't work on the same things when you're not going through team drills, not going through, you know, all the – padded practices especially for, for like a lineman or a linebacker you know wide receivers they can work on a lot of different stuff you know going one-on-one -on -one without pads on but if you're a defensive tackle and you need to work on your you know uh get your pad level down and stuff like that it's it's going to be hard to really work on that and without being with your team and so uh, Cooley Man's been shouting out both on Steeler Nation and on YouTube as well. I want to get your opinion on this because I assume this is a Houston guy. Oh, should the Steelers take Marquez Stevenson in round three or four? And Matt, if you're familiar with uh, Marquez Stevenson or Ben, either of you may chime in to say um, what your thoughts are on that type of player. Uh, I believe he's the wide receiver, Ben. Right. Yeah. Make sure I'm yeah. Yeah. Just making sure I'm thinking of the right player here. Um, he's a. I, I view more as a um, probably a fourth round guy, maybe even a fifth round guy. Okay. Um, 
it depends on uh, how all his, uh, some of his testing came in. Um, I don't think the Houston had their pro day yet, did they? Um, I didn't see it. But so depending on how some of that testing comes in, you know, he could work his way up. And uh, he did play at the Senior Bowl, I believe. So I, he did solid there, you know, didn't wasn't the best wide receiver there, but definitely uh, helped himself a little bit going against, uh, you know, some better talent than what he typically would face most seasons. Um, like I said, I, he's more of a round four or five guy for me. Um, could sneak into uh, the second day of the draft if he tests well and a team falls in love with him. But I, I personally would put him in rounds four or five. Okay. And, uh, and uh, Robert's chiming in here too on YouTube. He's saying Pro Day is going to be April 9th. Uh, fast, fast wide receiver, good returner. So uh, we always get our great information for all the Houston players, including Ed Oliver from uh, <laughs> not long ago. We had some great online bets through through the uh, the forum as well and had a great time with that. Um, uh, ben, I want to ask you this, if you're familiar with this, Matt Insomniac wants to know about your feelings about taking quarterback um, Davis Mills with a later round pick, say a sixth, and giving him a chance to beat out or compete with Mason Rudolph this year. And Haskins, evidently. <laughs> Right. That's one of those where, I mean, if at that point, if the Steelers have already addressed the offensive line, if they've already gotten their running back, if they've already gotten a corner linebacker, I've already built that depth. I'm at the why not phase. Yeah. I mean, he's one where, um, you know, he's a prototypical quarterback where, you know, average arm strength, really, he has the escapability, possible escapability to get out of the pocket if he's the one that can be groomed. Um, we also don't know as well where, you know, how the quarterback is going to evolve with Mike Sullivan. Okay. And this is going to be our first draft with Mike Sullivan. And we all know the success that he's had. And I think him, the partnership between him and Matt Canada is going to be very interesting. And I think it's going to be a good one. And if you get, you know, the right quarterback there in the later rounds and give him time here into development with with uh, Mike Sullivan, yeah. again, it's like a, a why not, yeah. honestly. And uh, over here, got a quick question here on Periscope through Twitter. John Walter's asking, uh, why didn't they cut Hilton? Uh, Would have given back about $13 million in cap space. And that's a little bit off there, John. I am the salary cap guy over at Steeler Nation. Uh, his, his cap hit is about 15 15- uh, sorry, it is about, yeah, 15 and a half million, but he has about eight and a half million in dead cap, which means the maximum they would have gotten from cutting um, Hilton would have been 7 million, which is about the same as Nelson. Not a big deal. It just seems that they ruined the relationship with Nelson. Nelson didn't want to be here. And that was the move. And I'm happier because, and, and, and to be completely honest, Hayden is the better corner. And if I have to keep one, even though he's older, I keep Hayden every time. So um, next question that I've got down here since we passed this one. Um, Blitz says, with the draft so deep at O-line, is this the draft that we trade back for extra picks? And Matt, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so it's so hard to predict. Uh, Kevin Colbert rarely trades back. Um, he doesn't do it often. I think and, he's only done it once in his time with the Steelers. And I don't think every he's never traded out of the first, especially yeah, with that fifth-round option rule now. Yeah. So um, it – it's, it's hard to see it happening, but um, with the position they're in and if they want to go O-line early, like uh, the question like the question was asked, um, I definitely think it's an option. Um, I've done a couple just toying around mock drafts where you trade back anywhere from like three to ten picks, you know, get that late first, early second round pick, and then 
add some picks in um, either this year or next year for the Steelers. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it as long as um, they're content with multiple guys that they have there, or they really think their guy's going to be there. Yeah, uh, but I, I just don't see it happening just because it's not something Colbert does, especially uh, trading out of the first round, like you said. It's unfortunately it's not something the Steelers really do, um, for better or worse. Uh, they tend to I tend to trust their track record. They have a pretty good history of drafting guys and developing guys outside of a. You could pick a hand few out of for any GM, so yeah. I'm not yeah. going to nitpick them for that. But yeah, it's just it's not something Colbert does very often, even though I think. If they wanted O-line, this would be a solid draft to do it. Nice. Um, ben, I want to ask you a question because both FSF and Lido's have some interest in this one. And this is um, not really having watched the quarterbacks like I used to. Are Trey Lance or Max, Mac Jones viable in any way, shape, or form or worth a pick at 24? It's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I guess, first. <laughs> Yeah, chances, the odds of them going that far, I don't think are there. I think they're very slim. Of those two, I like Trey Lance more simply because with the way he's able to um, escape the pocket, he's very mobile. Um, So I think he'll fit a lot better in the Mac Canada offense Mm -hmm. as opposed to Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I mean, he has that escapability, have a really good friend who is a huge Alabama fan and said that he's your prototypical pro. He's, He's... He's your pro quarterback that you want. He has that escapability, that mobility that you need. It's not Trey Lance. He's more of if you need the uh, if it's third and five, he can run for that first down. Trey Lance is he can give you you know that fifty yard touchdown run. Yeah. So um, and has a has a cannon for an arm. So long answer is, or I guess the short answer for that is yes, I love Trey Lance. I don't think any of those guys are going to be available, unfortunately, at twenty four. Um, so uh, Matt, which one do you think would be a better fit for a Matt Canada offense? Would it be, be uh, Jones or Lance? It's tough because Trey Lance definitely has the physical attributes that would fit better, um, okay. with his mobility, his ability to run, um, has the big arm, but, uh, Matt Jones has definitely shown that he can do it as well. Cause he has that quick decision-making, you know, a lot of Matt Canada's offense are these quick design plays to get players in space, get them open and. Mac Jones is a very accurate, quick passer. Um, did it a lot at Alabama, getting the ball to his playmakers quick. And that's kind of what Mac Cannon is all about. Get the ball to your playmakers, you know, but having that ability to run is definitely key. Um, if they needed a quarterback this year, which they don't because they have been, I would be more towards Mac Jones just because I think he's more ready to play. Um, one, from going higher uh, competition level to actually playing this year. Um, I agree with Ben. I'm higher on Trey Lance, and I think he would fit Matt Canada's offense great. It's just I think he would be best served being able to sit for at least a year, you know, get up to speed with the NFL, jumping from lower competition to the NFL, and basically not having a season. I mean, that for a quarterback, not having a season is huge. I mean, you can practice against your own defense all you want. Yeah. But only playing in one somewhat game, because the game was still even somewhat only like a half of a game in a way. Arkansas State. Yeah, it was, so it's like, you know, he, he, I wouldn't trust Trey Lance starting week one of 2021. Okay. At least not. I would feel like you're doing him wrong yeah. and not letting him succeed. But both are can definitely fit McCann's offense, but Trey Lance is the ideal prototype for it pretty much. 
Well, well, good points. I'm glad you answered that for me. I appreciate that. Um, Slash Steel also wants to know, what's the highest you would draft Dickerson? And I'll, I'll start with you, Matt. Um, I'm sure this is probably going to be similar. You see him as being like, a, which, which round do you think he's going to go in, essentially? Um, you know, it, it really depends how some people view him, too, because he has experience at all five offensive line positions. He's played left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, and right tackle. Yeah. Um, most people probably view him as a center, um, especially in this class where the top centers, you know, there's not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the ACL injury late in the year, you know, he looks like he's doing well. Looks like he's, you know, having a speedy recovery, you know, playing jokes on Mac Jones during the pro day yesterday. <laughs> uh, but I, I think he would be an ideal if the Steelers were to trade back it out of their 24 spot and, you know, surprise everyone. I think that would be a good place if they were to trade into the early second round like that mid-30s, you know, that guarantees you're getting him. I don't see him him going in the first round, really, unless someone's really in love with him. But I also think he may go before they're picking the second round, just because, you know, if Creed Humphrey's off the board, he's likely that second center. So someone needs a center, he might not make it all the way to the Steelers. So if they trade it back and that's who they chose, I'd be more than happy with it. Um, If he fell to them in the second round, I'd be ecstatic with it. So I kind of see him anywhere in the second round is a good spot for him, in my opinion. Okay, and uh, Ben, we've got a question also here on uh, Twitter from Troy Volansky, and he's asking, what round would you target Quinn Meniertz, if I'm saying that correctly? <laughs> right. So he's – I mean, and I think if I saw the last mock draft correctly, he was in late one. Matt, you may have to fact check me on that. But I think he was late one. Um, I mean, he's one where I would put him in two. He would be a second rounder. Yeah. I would, if I were the Steelers, I would look at him. If I was going in, this is like my GM hat, is look at addressing the RB in the first round and then seeing if he's there in the second. Okay. Um, I don't think he's going to be there by the time the Steelers get to the third round. Okay. So if the Steelers are going to jump on him, it's going to be the second. Good points. And, and I would kind of agree with him. I mean, it, yeah. he's one. He's another one of those guys making a huge jump in competition level. I mean, so it's hard to really gauge him. I've seen him, like uh, Ben said, as early as the end of the first. I've seen him as low as the fourth. I mean, he's got some hype since then, so I haven't really seen that. But um, he's someone I also wouldn't want to plug in day one just for his purposes like if he surprises you and does great okay fine but I wouldn't want to rely on that and say okay no matter what you're our day one starter so the Steelers took him in the second round I wouldn't be over I I wouldn't be disappointed especially because they have someone like DJ Finney who if Miranez isn't ready to play he could step in really good point um now I mean we're honestly sitting nearly like exactly one month and three days from the start of the NFL draft so there's an interesting question here by Drink Iron City, and he asks, ultimately, who do you see us taking in round one? And this is a month and three days out. I know we've got a lot of speculation. Ben, who would be your immediate target first pick? If I got to put you on the spot, who are the Steelers taking in round one in your mock draft a month out? Uh, Najee Harris. Okay, Najee Harris, awesome, awesome. And uh, Matt, who is your target? Oh. Um, Justin Fields. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm going to have to go similar route as Ben here. I, I think it's Travis Etienne. Etienne, um, baby. They, they met with him a long time at the uh, Pro Day, had a Zoom meeting with him too. All of Matt Canada, Mike Tomlin, and Kevin Colbert were there. You know they don't draft anyone in the first round if Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert aren't there. True. Yeah. So, and yeah. Uh, I, I think they're going running back. Um, it, yeah. it, I may not be the biggest fan of going to running back because I do like a lot of the mid-round targets. Not because I don't think Etienne or Harris might be first-round running backs, but yeah. – but I, th- I think they're going running back. I think they go get ETN. I know the love is for Harris, and I'm afraid to say I think Ben might be right, but I'm my gut's going ETN that the Steelers will go with uh, the more explosive player. And, and at least in a Matt Canada offense, I, I can agree. With, like, like, I'd be happy as hell, Ben, if they drafted uh, Najee Harris as well as a lot of Steeler Nation, but it, it, it does seem like ETN does fit kind of that Matt Canada role as being – a diverse player out of the backfield and may fit his system better, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, we're still super speculating a month and three days out. Once we get closer to uh, weddings and bachelor parties here, as you guys are going to have approaching the draft, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have a better idea of probably who the exact targets are going to be. And now the final question, which is always a fun question from drink iron city, Matt, I'm going to start, start with you Foster's beer. Do you drink it ice cold or room temperature? You know, I've never drinking a room temperature beer that, you know, I've truly deep down enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but I drink however it's served to me. You serve it warm, I'll drink it. Yeah. You serve it cold, I'll drink it. Ben, you ever had Foster's room temperature and how do you prefer it? <laughs> uh, I like my beers cold. I, I'll leave it at that. And I, <laughs> I'm an I American. I, I can answer these. I'm a big <laughs> beer drinker. I've, I'm a big craft guy. As you see, I always have a different craft beer here during the show. Um, Foster's DIC. I've, I've had Foster's before. It's like um, pretty much Australia's Budweiser. And I know they serve it warm over in Australia, but I don't think it's, it's a good beer warm at all. Um, if you're talking about good beers, warm, go with German beers, go with Belgian beers, go with certain IPAs, um, hazy IPAs, or, or in that respect, something that's not too hoppy, something that kind of sweetens up the warmer it gets. Some certain like stouts also will get a little sweeter as they're warmer, but like you can never go wrong with a warm like Hefeweizen. You can never go wrong um, with like a, some warm German lagers as well. Um, but yeah, for Foster's, uh, I'm, I'm drinking that one ice cold or I'm not drinking it at all. And that's just my personal opinion on that. So thank you for the fun question. And I'm going to check here on, uh, our thing. And I believe we've answered everyone's questions. So thank you very much. Steeler nation on Facebook, on Twitter, on, um, on YouTube, chiming in and, and, and adding in and making the show as fun as possible in the live setting. And we love that. We love your input. And it makes it much fun, more fun, too, as we are here uh, doing and reporting on these things as well. So, and we got a final uh, thank you very much also for Stryker and Ben and Matt on your input. Also, thank you very much, uh, Drink Iron City, for knowing exactly who we had on the show, what's going on, and following us and listening to our podcast weekly. We love your input as well. Um, guys, signing off here quickly. Tell Steeler Nation how to reach you on your platforms. Matt, I will start with you, please. Uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at Matt underscore Papiernik. 
Um, that's where I post a lot of my content. I had senior bowl uh, tweets going out during the senior bowl week. Um, you could see all of our uh, draft articles that me and Ben put out as well as some of our staff on our Steeler Nation page. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep trying to keep you guys updated through uh, mainly my Twitter. So it's the nice. main one there. Nice. And Ben, how do we follow you? Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at the Ben sauce underscore duh. <laughs> um, as if there wasn't already another Ben sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and then just search for me, Ben Mick MC alien on yeah. Instagram. Nice. Great. Great. And of course, like, like, uh, Matt has alluded to here earlier. Everybody here is available at SteelerNation.com. We are all great contributors and writers and do a lot with SteelerNation.com as well as many awesome, interesting articles by all of our writers at SteelerNation.com. So Matt and Ben, thank you very much for joining me tonight and making it seem like I know what I'm talking about when I'm just able to host because I know next to nothing about draft prospects, but I get better and better as it goes. And by the time we get close to the draft, I might have an inkling of knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> so cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Striker. Can't wait to continue uh, talking about it as we get closer. Nice. Great. And Steeler Nation, we have, go on over to the SteelerNation.com page. You can get some great gear. I'm, I'm wearing one of my Steeler Nation shirts. We've got a great logo, fun stuff. Just get geared up for all your virtual tailgates and all the off-season fun over at SteelerNation.com. Read our great articles over there as well. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com or follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you choose at SN Striker. Striker spelled with a Y. And thank you as always for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, with Matt Papiernik and Ben McAllen rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! <laughs> <laughs>